0: on St. Peter's intimate relationship with the resurrected Christ. A lot transpired as our Lord uh, conversed with Peter. S- immediately after Jesus Peter's act of contrition, in fact, after each act of contrition, the Lord, for the first time, He says, feed my lambs. He he says that twice in a row. And then when Peter says, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you, feed my sheep. And that stands to reason because only a profound act of contrition, act of humility, would allow us to be able to witness the light of Jesus and to preach him primarily by example, but also by our word. And without me, you could do nothing. And when we make those, are that's a statement Jesus made. Peter obviously heard that very clearly during the Last Supper. And what does that mean in the practice? It's... It's a sentiment we need to have and we need to keep going deeper and deeper into that sentiment. Without me, you can do nothing. And the expression of profound contrition based on tangible evidence of our sinfulness, it's not a negative. It's a positive because we're essentially saying, Lord, I am sorry. I can't do it on my own. Fill me with your love, with your humility, with your strength. And so an evangelizer is a good repenter. An effective evangelizer is a person who has come to the profound realization that without Jesus, we could do nothing, that the power comes from Jesus himself through the intervention of the Holy Spirit. After Peter's triple act of contrition, you, Lord, you know that I love you. you know at the end you, you know all things you know that I love you. Jesus makes a prediction and it's going to be intimately linked with his effectiveness as an evangelizer. Evangelization is all about witness and the Greek word for witness uh, means is martyr. That's the Greek word. Uh, Maybe the the precise pronunciation is "martyr," but that's where we get the word "martyr." And martyr means the ultimate witness of dying for your faith, but also the witness of holiness of charity. Uh, The word "martyr" also corresponds to that kind of Christian example. And After Peter makes this act of contrition, now the Lord also assures Peter, you were afraid, you were cowardly. Now that you have allowed me to fill you with my grace through your repentance, um, I'm going to describe your particular witness. And Jesus says the following. After he says, feed my sheep, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, and when Jesus proceeds something with an amen, amen, or truly, truly, depending on the translation, uh, he says, I really want you to listen to this. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you girded yourself and walked where you would. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish to go. This he said to show by what death he was to glorify God. After this he said to him, follow me. And let's unpack these prophetic words of Jesus. To illustrate this, we see that Peter has a very particular and a very prominent and powerful role in evangelization he led the first evangelization being the head of the church uh, St. Paul doing a lot of the legwork but he led it we read his epistles it seems like he had uh, an editor or a ghostwriter but he signed it like any Pope will do for a Vatican document but it comes from him and we notice the, the profundity that there's been a radical change in Peter. Uh, he did not speak this way. And in fact, the first reaction uh, his audience or his congregation had in Jerusalem when he was infused with the Holy Spirit on the occasion of Pentecost, they thought that he was drinking that there was a certain transformation and they were kind of astonished because these apostles, Peter being the leader, were not educated. So the message uh, did not exactly correspond to the social status, the educational background of Peter. So there's a profound change in Peter, uh, driven in significant part by humility now and his repentance and our Lord now working through him by virtue of the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. But when you go to St. Peter's, uh, you, the experience in itself is an experience of transcendence, of divine power. uh, And we see that uh, these two apostles, Peter and Paul, um, are basically the main character. Peter is, but then in a secondary way, but, you know, in a very noticeable way, St. Paul. In fact, the entrance to that church, the biggest church in the world, biggest Catholic church, uh, you see Paul with a sword in his hand, big sword, both look like incredible hulks and Peter with these huge keys in his hands and uh, the evangelizer of the Gentiles and the leader of the church, the keys stand for his authority and the sword does not stand for violence but the word of God that cuts through the bone and the marrow, that Jesus' words are like a two-edged sword uh, penetrating the heart this is a, a metaphor a, a, a graphic image of the power of the words of jesus and paul was uh the doctor of the gentiles and someone who commented in a very uh deep way uh the gospel and the teachings of jesus but when you go there uh the whole church bespeaks of witness um I embarrassed myself a bit uh, in one of my many visits to St. Peter's Church. I had a little bit more extra time and uh, usually do not have extra time on my visits to Rome. Usually it's, not, it's for pastoral business. But anyway, I had some time. I was able to pray at leisure and I was staring at the ceiling of the sanctuary. You know, that many big churches could fit in that sanctuary. And I said, this crucifixion scene, which was, you know, it's a a mosaic. Everything's a mosaic. All the artwork is a mosaic. Um, It looked a little odd, this crucifixion scene. I said, first of all, the crucifix looks odd. Uh, I was by myself, so I didn't share it. Now I'm sharing it. And I said, where are the two criminals on his right and his left? And I said, let me get a little closer. So I walk into the sanctuary and look directly up. And finally I notice that the victim on the cross is upside down. And then um, it was a ha movement. A light went on. I knew this already, but I didn't connect the dots. That is St. Peter uh, who's undergoing a crucifixion uh, in American lingo we could say on Vatican Hill uh, uh, adjacent to uh, the Circus Maximus uh, where many Christians uh, were martyred. And tradition has it and I firmly believe in that tradition that peter requested that the executioner crucify him upside down because he felt unworthy to be crucified like the master like jesus christ hence there were not he was not crucified with criminals and then i was also informed why that uh, obelisk is in the middle of saint peter's square you know an unsavory emperor most of them were uh, brought that obelisk caligula from ancient egypt they uh, conquered egypt in a battle or a series of battles and one of the trophies was that big obelisk that they brought to rome and uh, erected that obelisk on vatican hill And why is it there, Uh, this pagan symbol right in the middle of St. Peter's Square? Well, because it was looked at by Peter when he was being crucified. That was the last object he saw. So hence the obelisk is there, but that's not the only, you could almost genuflect. I wouldn't recommend it, you know. We need to be natural. Natural. But on top of that, on the tippy top of that obelisk is a small piece of the cross that Jesus died on. So that obelisk has meaning. And even that experience of of St. Peter's Church um, is also a source of discipleship of evangelization. Let's ask the Lord as we make our prayer as we meditate on Peter's relationship with the resurrected Jesus feed my lambs, feed my sheep and the whole idea of witness it's a prominent word Uh, yes we have to preach to all nations but the more prominent word is prove that Jesus is real witness him be a witness we are not called to a martyrdom that involves shedding blood, maybe some of us are, but we were all called to martyrdom, which means witness. And even all the contemporary popes, I think from Paul VI, he was the one who emphasized that, that the world needs witnesses of Christ. That's reiterated by St. John Paul, that we have to reveal the face of Jesus. Benedict reaffirmed that. Francis emphasizes that heavily with transmitting the joy of Christ, the peace of Christ, the mercy of Christ, um, carrying out an apostolate of attraction, encounter, accompaniment. These are all different angles to contemplate witness uh Saint Jose Maria in his uh, celebrated uh, meditation book the way of the cross he states that um there's two kinds of martyrdoms one is the standard martyrdom of dying for your faith at times through torture so being violently killed on account of one's faith and then the daily self-giving day in and day out giving ourselves in ways that will not make the headlines in the ordinary but running up an innumerable number of deeds of love not in a neurotic way but in the way of love you're faithful in little, you're faithful in much we're doing it out of love saint Mary experienced both he was on he was they were hunting him down there was one uh, episode when he was uh, he should have been martyred but these militia people didn't go into the attic to search for uh people in hiding you know that's the first place you look for you explore but that didn't happen miraculously he was He revealed that he was a priest he heard he gave absolution to his his companions in that attic during the spanish civil war and you know he was morally certain that he was going to be executed they thought they had executed him but they missed they mistook him for somebody else and uh, obviously that rattled him for the rest of his life he prayed for that priest who died in his place but anyway the whole experience of the civil war um made martyrdom very real to him and then the ordinary so he did both and he claims you know it's not infallible dogma but he claims that the martyrdom of self-giving day in and day out in a whole myriad of ways to him it's just as heroic or even more heroic than that one shot uh, death for the faith um so witness applies to that ordinary self-giving, and what? Why is this so important? in it, this martyrdom of the ordinary, because we need to make Jesus real. We're in a culture, just like Peter's culture, just like the culture of the early Christians, a culture of skepticism, of indifference, of violence. Of moral relativism of sexual perversity where natural law is not only rejected but seen as inimical to human fulfillment to natural joy or quality of life whatever you want to call it and so we need to witness and show that our product is the real product uh, I ask the Lord for forgiveness to, I don't mean to sound disrespectful, but I want to make a point, point. Uh, and our product is nothing less than perfect God and perfect man, superimposed on ourselves, as Paul says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. We, Jesus needs disciples, and I see both old and young, but... I'm always encouraged by seeing young people witnessing their faith. And those followers of Christ, you know, we're all flawed. We all have imperfections. We all slip and fall. But those young people and older people who have given themselves to Christ, and what do I mean by that? Do I mean that they, you know, run off and become hermits, you know, that's a valid vocation, but that's not for everybody. Or they run off and joined uh, you know, a very strict religious order. Some do, and God bless them, and we need that. But also, like similar, not the same, obviously, it's an impossible bar to reach. Just like Saint Joseph, just like the Blessed Mother, just like Jesus in his hidden life, you have people who, young people, older people, who uh, the mass is the center of their day uh, they make all sorts of sacrifices to go to mass uh she doesn't know maybe in the afterlife she'll know i was st- i was at a stop sign and there was a church about 300 or or 200 yards in front of me um I had a view of the wooden stairs going up to the entrance it was sleeting out this woman was probably you know i would ventured, to guess, you know, maybe in her 70s. And she was uh, holding on to the banister, pulling herself up those stairs, going slowly, a um, stop sign and that I was able to pass. And I said, my gosh, what a witness. That's martyrdom. Uh, what a sacrifice this woman is going through to go to Mass. It's a great bargain. We need faith for that, though. There are people who devote time for quiet conversation with Jesus. Uh, There are people who push themselves out of their comfort zones and make more friends. There's no ulterior motive, uh, but the ulterior motive is to love people with the heart of Christ in the hopes that this love, this witness, will draw them to the truth. The truth is not a theory. The truth is not a book. The truth is not a formula. The truth is a person. And um, Peter, Jesus said he'd witness. Uh, he mentions that he's going to be changed. Uh, we see that in the Acts of the Apostles. He was chained. He was chained twice. And then under Nero's persecution of the church, that was the first. Well, the first persecution, I think was St. Paul's orchestration of the uh, persecution of the first converts in Jerusalem, but the first major persecution throughout the empire was uh, engineered by Nero, making the capital offense, and he put the early Christians through grisly tortures. And um, Peter and Paul died under Nero, and they persecution would always involve primarily, not exclusively, I mean, the great majority were lay people who died for their faith, but they would definitely polish off the hierarchy as best they could. I think virtually no pope survived during those first 300 years. And Peter led, he initiated himself through his witness, that age of martyrdom that right now, as we make our prayer we become beneficiaries of this to illustrate the need for witness let me read this point in forge by saint jose maria bear with me and i will finish up we can even ask our lord to ingrain these sentiments in our own hearts and minds asking also for saint peter's intercession Uh, saint jose maria says the following committed How much I like that word. We children of God freely put ourselves under an obligation to live a life of dedication to God, striving that he may have complete and absolute sovereignty over our lives. That's one point under the heading of selection. The next point, and I will finish with this, whenever sanctity is genuine, It overflows from its vessel to fill other hearts, other souls, with its supernatural abundance. We, the children of God, sanctify ourselves by sanctifying others. Is Christian life growing around you? Consider this every day. And we put these sentiments, these ideas, we ask the Holy Spirit through the intercession of Our Lady that we could come up with a concrete game plan to... Imitate the witness and the spirit of evangelization of St. Peter and the early Christians. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me.